As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com, danasbeats.com. The Fed chair, you know, the Federal Reserve is independent. We leave them to make their own policy decisions. We do not get involved in that. And nothing has changed on how we see the stock market. Uh, we do not. That's not something that we keep an eye on every day. Uh, so I don't, I'm not going to comment about that from here. Oh, that's not something they keep an eye on every day. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty nuts. Welcome back. Welcome back this week. It's Thursday. I'm Dana Lash. Happy Thursday to you. That was Corrine Jean-Pierre. Just too many names. But I just thought that was a crazy... Good heavens. I thought that was a crazy soundbite. They just... That's just not something that they watch. It's something that we watch. It's something that we watch every single day. We know exactly. People who have 401ks that are watching their retirement go up and down. They're watching this. I just... I, you know how I said I think she might in some ways be better than Jen Psaki because she seems friendlier? I feel like I, ne- I need to take that back. It's not that she, I mean, she seems friendlier. She's tweeted crazier things than Psaki. I mean, I think she's, she's just as partisan, don't get me wrong. But I think she is, she says a lot of stupid stuff that in her effort to try to wordplay uh, around these questions she just says a lot of a lot of stupid stuff like the soundbite we just played for you they're not watching you had the stock market that just just dove on wednesday dow jones industrial average plummeted by just about 1200 points and it's headed for its biggest loss since 2020 and there's there's another major retailer that was warning of all of these all of these uh, cost pressures and how this is going to be passed on to consumers. And so we're going to start seeing this actually. Uh, I, I mean, I would imagine we're going to start seeing this in terms of consumer confidence and behavior. And we already are. And so she said they're just not paying attention to the losses. It's not something that they're looking at. That to me is the problem. They have no, they don't watch it because this is, this is not, this is not what they do. These people have no idea anything about the economy or because they, they, they worked in government their whole lives. They've worked in government their entire lives. These people have no idea. Now, the other big thing I wanted to bring your attention to is this trap that Democrats have put out there. And it relates to the baby formula issue. Now, I've been following this because you had Biden. So Biden yesterday, they came out and they're going to be doing the Defense Production Act. 
and he invokes this for the production of baby formula and you know they're going to try to alleviate the shutdown of the the biggest factory that produces this the Abbott factory and that knocked all the production back by 40% because that's how I mean that's just how much they produce and so that means that whenever you get Whenever they get an order of formula, they're going to have to fill all of the orders related to that first, no matter what order they were received. If they're working on something else, it doesn't matter. They got to fill this. And the FDA says that they've cleared the factory. But remember, yesterday I was telling you they wanted they they're still take there's still some measures that are I don't even know what the hell I can I nobody knows what the hell they're doing. They just says it's going to take a month for the damn thing to reopen because they have some they still have some measures to. Uh, uh, you know, to undertake, etc. So the speed of, of that can be anywhere from a couple of weeks to a month. Now, the baby formula is going to be lifted from abroad to help ease the issue. Now, this is where I was, I had to do a double take because it sounded like a sci-fi movie. So I told you how there, when, when parents, people were trying to uh, import or order, buy, purchase, whatever, online baby formula from Europe, and when they were trying to bring it into the United States, in many instances, it was uh, actually confiscated by Border Patrol and destroyed because there's you. it has to have some, it has to undergo, the EU does not have the same regulations as the FDA. And unless they have the same regulations as the, as the FDA and they can, uh, they can guarantee, you know, what temperature the formula was transported, you know, how it was shipped, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. basically all the stages of the chain of command from temperature to, you know, what it was on. If they cannot, um, if previously, if they could not, attest that to FDA, then the Border Patrol would seize it and they weren't allowed to bring it in. So long story short, New York Post has today, the FDA is finally clearing the way for formula imports months after Abbott uh, that they said they're bringing it in from uh, overseas, from Europe. And they, can I just tell you what the project name is? It's Operation Fly Formula, which sounds weird. Fly formula, it sounds like a sci-fi movie. I immediately thought of, um, Steve, what's that? You don't know because you're a millennial. Kane's on vacation, so he wouldn't immediately know this. It's the it's Jeff Goldblum, and he, it's The Fly. It's the movie The Fly. But they, it reminded me of that completely. So they're, they're having commercial aircraft pick up overseas formula that best meets FDA standards so they're only they're getting formula where they can guarantee throughout the chain of command what the temperature was etc so the the powder didn't spoil or whatever I don't know and they're going to use all their contacts with commercial air cargo lines so they're going to transport all of this over and there you go now I want to show I want to explain to you just how bad the White House has been getting um uh pushback on their kind of dragging their feet on this because remember Two weeks ago, I told you, actually one week ago, I told you they had scheduled hearings for this to figure out what to do. They scheduled hearings on this for next week. So originally, they were going to have a hearing on this next week, and they were not really going to do anything until then. But there was so much heat on the administration. There's, do you know that there's two infants that have already been hospitalized due to dehydration because of formula? There are infants that would not. Everyone sits here. And I'm, a, a quick thing. Everybody from Joy Behar. Who's it Joy Behar or, Be, or what's her face? The other woman who looks like her but she can sing. Bette Midler. I don't know. There are all these like Ronald McDonald like redhead you know, TV people all look the same damn way to me. Uh, but they, she had came out and said, oh, well, you know, everybody should breastfeed and blah, blah, blah. And there was some doctor that was on, on Fox 
um, that wrote something over Daily Mail that was like, oh, this is a failure of encouraging people to breastfeed just so people know. Because I feel like a lot of people weighing in on this, A, never did that, and B, didn't even have kids. So a lot of people do that, but not every person can. And some people have allergies. Some babies have allergies. I mean, we had, I have one of my dear friends, we had kids around the same time, and I was able to nurse. She wasn't because her child had a crazy dairy allergy, like that still, like that caused a lot, actually a lot of problems when they were, as they got older. So there, I mean, there's a lot of significant issues that weigh into this. So it was just really, it's just really weird. I've seen a lot of that discussion. The bottom line is that I think we have more allergies today than we ever did before. I would love to explore that and figure out why that is. But the, right now, people got to eat. Babies got to eat. So we got to get, figure out a way to get this done. And it's crazy to me that the administration was dragging its feet, wasn't even going to have a hearing on this until next week, until all of the heat and all of the pushback finally made it to where they had to act. And so now we're there. Now they're doing something. Now, here's the other thing. And this is what's dumb. So they they put they cobbled together a bill that they were they were going to try to somehow they I guess, like use some taxpayer dollars to facilitate um, getting this formula in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm still looking for the breakdown, and I'll get into this when I have it, the breakdown of like how much money, everything, you know, what money was going to what. So they were, they were putting together this formula bill, and it was in the House, and I saw that a number, there were a number of Republicans that were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, um, you know, why is this, you know, we want to be able to read it, we want to, we, we want to know what all this money's going to, why is the FDA getting so much money? And so there was this, it was 192 Republicans who voted, Newsweek has it, they voted against baby formula. It was this FDA baby formula bill, and it was a $28 million emergency spending bill. And it was, most of the money was actually for FDA. They said that it was the, well, it was known as the Infant Formula Supplemental Appropriations Act. It passed mostly along party lines. There were 12 Republicans who were like, wait a minute, what? This is what Democrats do. They put together, instead of, instead of solving this thing, they, they put together a useless garbage bill to give the FDA more money that's not going to do a single damn thing except shift headlines, negative headlines, onto the GOP f- for voting against it. This is the game that they're playing. They cobbled together this garbage bill that gave the FDA more money with less oversight, and then they passed the buck to the GOP. That's what this bill is. And so there were a number of Republicans that voted against it because, you know, where's the, you know, why is it the FDA? If this is the baby formula bill, most of this money is going to the FDA. Like, in fact, a big chunk of it is going to the FDA. I think almost all of it is going to the FDA. Oh, well, they have to hire more people to do this and that. No, the FDA is actually kind of the problem here. So why are we giving more money to the problem? It was the FDA that demanded that the Abbott facility, and FDA is ridiculous. Look, I have sponsors on this program that can't, that can't put together certain verbs and subjects because the FDA will freak out. The FDA is basically one giant grift that you have to pay to get access and permission to advertise any kind of food or nutritional item on the market. That's what it is. That's what the FDA is. 
The FDA is part of the problem for this because the Abbott recall uh, and the shutdown of the factory, they recalled everything voluntarily and they scoured their, their facility. And you have to realize that these kind of suppliers, they do not want any additional liability that comes from a defective product. So they don't want to get sued by a frillion people and be put out of business through the courts. So they're going to do everything possible to make sure that everything is above board and that if any problem crops up, they're going to handle it. And I trust that more than I trust the corrupt FDA. So the FDA is the one that kept this this facility closed longer. Nobody knows why. Abbott uh, Manufacturing said, look, we found the problem. Uh, the we did a voluntary recall and any potential bacteria that was in the facility wasn't even anywhere near where any of the any of this formula was processed nowhere near it it's a mega complex doesn't matter to the fda you have the same mailing address so it doesn't matter i mean it's all garbage it's all garbage all of these agencies can be used all of them and i'll talk about how like for instance you, they're how they're targeting Musk with the uh, how they're the stock index. It's crazy. So we're going to get into all of this, and I, if I get any breakdown on anything, I'll obviously I'll share that with you as well. But we're also going to get into a few things here. Uh, this U.S. bioethics chief, who's Fauci's wife, published a new paper telling corporates that they can ethically pressure employees and embarrass vaccine resistors. Uh, what a shock! Democrats are threatening violence again. Uh, Biden removed five organizations from the terror blacklist despite thousands of deaths. Meanwhile, Iran is reportedly weeks away from acquiring materials for the first nuclear weapon, according to Israeli defense. We're going to get into all of that. We have some of the latest with uh, economics, uh, with uh, also the latest with this Defense Production Act, all kinds of stuff. And you don't want to miss. And Devin Nunez is supposed to be joining us later on in the program as well. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new... 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now, other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Caltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first up close and personal at keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-hmm. All right, first up here. This uh, plastic, there's a plastic eating enzyme that could eliminate tons of landfill waste. It's from UT down in Austin. It says this enzyme variant created by engineers and scientists at UT can break down environment throttling plastics that typically take centuries to degrade. And these this enzyme can do it in a matter of hours to days. They published the results of their studies in Nature, and it could actually help solve like a, all the, a lot of the waste problems in landfills. Because I'm all I'm, I look at it like that's valuable real estate. 
that we could use, and we could we should just diminish some of that. I'm just saying. Uh, a bakery. I actually think this is funny. New York Post. A bakery was shamed for uh, a sick Johnny Depp v Amber Heard pastry. So there was an image from the trial that showed Johnny Depp's like finger wrapped up in a bandage, and like the tip was off of it because like, I guess that somebody threw a wine bottle and it ripped the part of his finger off. And by somebody, I mean uh, Amber Heard. And so they said that. Sorry, verbal typo in its days. The bakery in Australia uh, has been excoriated because they shared this dessert. The dessert, the pastry place is called Dessert Boxes. And they said that they were going to send Herd a golden brown donut in the shape of a hand with the finger chopped off. And a lot of people are getting upset over a pastry online. I just think it's funny. And also, capitalism's fun. Uh, let's see. Diesel. Because we've been having a lot, I mean, not just regular gas problems, but diesel problems. On the East Coast, diesel consumers are getting some... Some a little bit of good news. It may suggest an easing of the tight physical market squeeze in the region. There's been a lot of head fakes. It's been reported that the markets are softening, but they say that now it looks like that it's going to start easing up. The national average retail diesel price published Monday by the Energy Information Administration was five, a little over five dollars, almost six dollars a gallon. East Coast was 33 cents more than that, uh, and now it looks like there's going to be a decline, a little bit of a, a little bit of an ease. So that's that's good. Netflix finally made a good decision and they dropped. They were, I guess, I can't find out if this was in production. I know that one of his other shows is. You know that Ibram X. Kendi guy? He's the CRT dude and he's really annoying. So Variety and Deadline Hollywood, or sorry, Hollywood Reporter, uh, have said that Netflix, they're starting to hand out pink slips. uh, And they're pulling the plug on a ton of projects. One of those was Anti-Racist Baby. It was the series aimed at brainwashing your preschoolers by grifter Ibram X. Kendi. So that's kind of some good news, right? Except his other one's still in development. So, meh. We got a lot more on the way. Stick with us. More of the Dana Show back after this. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. To say that I'm just a partisan actor was was wildly out of context. And then beyond that, it wasn't just, you know, these mischaracterizations of of my work, but it was death threats against my family. Over the last three weeks, I have maybe had one or two days I didn't report a violent threat, something like we're coming for you and your family. You and your family should be sent to Russia to be killed. Encouragement of me to commit suicide. Um, All of those have been forwarded to the Department of Homeland Security's uh, security services. And, you know, that's that's not... uh, something that is American. Hmm. That's Nina Jankowitz, who's finally starting to experience some of the stuff that she's caused other people to experience. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. She was on with uh, that guy who looked like uh, Duckface from um, 
Full House, but it's not him, Chris Hayes. And she was, she's the victim. Guys, don't you know that the tyrant, once they're called out, they're always the victim? Nina, she can't theater her way out of this. I was telling Stephen Wan on break. She's why, like, theater kids kind of, I have, don't, shut up. Everybody's going to get all upset, and I don't care. Shut up. I quit taking everything so seriously. Theater kids are kind of annoying, and she's one of them. This is why I think it just goes into, like, my, sort of my bias towards theater. That, and my mom took me to see Cats. That was the first thing I ever saw. Totally biased against theater ever since then. But she's like one of those. She can sing her way out of this one. Also, I called disinformation on her claim. I don't believe her. I for sure know people have said nasty things to her, but I don't believe her. I really don't. This is what she was like. It was taken out of context. She says all these buzzwords. All of these non sequiturs taken out of context. And no, it wasn't taken out of context. People were using your legit whole entire video that you yourself would post on TikTok or that you would post on some other platform. And people were responding to that. They were embedding your video. So how in the hell is your singular vi- your videos, how are your videos taken out of context? That's such a stupid excuse. She got caught. She looks stupid. It's completely cringe. I mean, I am embarrassed for her. She is so partisan. It's so cringe and it looks pathetic. I am embarrassed for her. This is, she's someone who, I don't know what she does. Like, what is your disinformation job? It's a BS job. She's a partisan. Her job is to, is a propagandist. Her job is to figure out who's saying something that, that contradicts with the White House. And then we're going to go off and sit and establish something on this and say that that's, that's somehow disinformation and so she was saying oh that was you know it's wildly out of context it was her tweets like literally her tweets no one was taken out of context and she's an incredibly partisan actor again we have the receipts we have all of the stuff that she herself has typed and published on public platforms and i love how she says i don't have the time for this childishness I'm not going to let it silence me. No one cares about you being silenced. No one paid attention to you until you were elevated way beyond your rank and skill set to a make-believe position that was entirely funded by people more successful than you, the American taxpayer. She's a mean girl. I want to bully mean girls. I don't like mean girls. You're a public servant. You're not a victim. And I sure as hell am not going to be gaslit into thinking that this broad is some kind of victim. I have utmost contempt for her. I have no pity. I feel no mercy towards her at all. No courteous, courteousness at all whatsoever. She is a partisan snake in the grass. End of story. No one has anything to apologize for. No one has anything to apologize for but her. She was the one who went after everyone online trying to say that, oh, well, they're, they're promoting this Hunter Biden laptop thing. It's false. It's false. It's false. This is Hunter Biden. La-. She was the one who was so partisan and so hateful online. And she has the audacity to, oh, she's suddenly the victim. Her. She's the victim because she's now experiencing what she's caused so many people to experience. Well, she would not last a day in my shoes. She wouldn't. She wouldn't last a day in the shoes of the average conservative female online. But she's the victim. I mean, she legit wrote songs based on musicals and performed them on her phone and uploaded them online. But she doesn't have time for quote-unquote childishness. 
the only videos that we have of her are of her singing and glamorizing herself, singing into the camera. She's selfie-obsessed. I'm not going to be silenced. No one cares to, cares if you're silenced. We just got you out of your position. So we're the victors and you lost and we don't care anymore. Oh, I feel really petty about this because she's the type of person who bullies people. Can you imagine if this board were allowed to continue? She would be going after every average Tom, Dick and Harry out there. She'd be going after average people. She'd be pushing you around and I cannot stand bullies. So Republicans introduced, Mike Johnson of Louisiana introduced a bill to dissolve this board. I think it's insane that we didn't even know it existed and was being put together until they came out and said, oh, here it is. Isn't that kind of wild? Like, we didn't even know. Until they they said, hey, this is what we're doing, by the way. It's kind of freaky. And you think about it. Wildly out of context. I've prided myself of being a nuanced, reasonable person. No, no. According to the wildly partisan actor, she's a totally, you know, nuanced person. She campaigned for Hillary Clinton. She literally campaigned for Clinton. I'm looking at her tweets. She was with former Olympic figure skater Michelle Kwan making calls for Hillary Clinton in Virginia. She tweeted on at 8.39 p.m. 926.16, quote, reminder, America's already great. Hashtag stronger together. Hashtag I'm with her. Hashtag debates 2016. You know, purely I'm not partisan. Totally not partisan. It's just asinine. I'm glad I'm glad that it finally happened. It needed to. Now, this, um, I don't know if you've seen this. So you have Babylon Bee and then you have Not the Bee, which is the Babylon Bee, but with actually not satirical. It's a real news site. And their favorite thing is to take pictures of um, and collect stories about prices at gas stations all over the country. So they've been doing this for quite some time. And so they've, one of them, they, they, were, they were predicting, they actually joked about this, and this freaked me out. I sent this to a friend of mine who lives down the road from this one Chevron station. In fact, I think it was his photo. They were joking. They were saying service stations begin widening signs in preparation for higher gas prices, right? They wrote this last year as a joke. Now, listen to this headline. This is a real headline. This was from yesterday. No, sorry, two days ago. Washington gas stations run out of gas and add extra digit in anticipation of $10 prices. That's insane. That's a real story. And then Daily Mail backed it up. They said, yes, national gas chains are reprogramming their pumps in Washington state and elsewhere to accommodate $10 a gallon fuel. It comes as the nation's average gas price soars to four fifty-seven a gallon, almost twice the $2.41 average during Trump's last month in office. One spokesperson for these 76 gas stations confirmed it. They said, yes, we are reconfiguring our pumps to make room for the possibility of double-digit prices. That was from Post Millennial. That is crazy. And California, they're at $6 a gallon. This is not going to go away anytime soon at all. This is wild. And to see that they, I mean, it was like a prophecy. They pretty much, I'm kind of don't, maybe they could write a story about me getting a million dollars. I would love that. Now, you have retailers also being forced to, tra- to, to change their prices. Check this out. You guys know, so my favorite foods 
are tamales and chicken wings and maybe more chicken wings. I don't know. I never actually thought about it to that degree. But they now there's that uh, Bidenflation is forcing retailers to charge market prices for wings. Local businesses are pushed to the brink. For some reason, news media love to go around the country and talk to wing people. Like chicken wing businesses. If your business is in the chicken wing business, they love going around talking to people about this, which I think is actually a good measure of just common everyday people because there is not anybody who does not love chicken wings. And if they don't love chicken wings, I submit to you my theory that that is the way that you tell whether or not someone is either a witch or an alien or an alien witch in Monty Python-esque style. But they were saying that flour is up, cooking oil is up, Food inflation is up almost 10% in April. Flour jumped 40%. I was just talking to Wong yesterday on break. I, just getting a bag of flour, I could not believe how much more I was paying for a bag of flour as to what I was paying a year ago. And so I've always been nuts, and I've had an app where I track my prices for stuff because I'm, I'm just fascinated at the growth of prices and what kind of stays static and what, you know, the wild swings and others, in which is always obviously like certain fruits and fish and stuff. But flour alone has jumped 40%. A bag of flour today is 40% more expensive than it was a year ago. Oil is 41% more expensive. Butter is 51% more expensive. I, my, the bread that I usually get is like $3 more for a loaf of bread. Than it, I'm not kidding. And I don't get no fancy bread, right? I'm not getting like, you know, artisanal wheat bread. I'm not doing that. This is crazy. So now it's hitting chicken wings. Groceries are up 15% total. That's average. And so there's this one restaurant chain. They, they're across the country. And they, uh, Sal and Mookie's, I've actually never heard of them, but they started in Mississippi, but it's a New York City-themed restaurant. It's a chain. So they had like a basket of 15 wings. Before lockdown, before the pandemic, it was $13 for a basket of 15 wings. Do you want to know what they had to mark that up to? Just because they had to pay more to get that, those wings in? $27. The actual market cost is $34 now. The place that I go to in my town to get wings, and I love it because they're, I, I think they're great people and they make good wings because I like hot wings and I, I don't want them to be, you know, totally oversauced and I want them to be like baked in the oven, very particular. So if I don't do it myself, we get it from this place in town and they had posted a sign up. They always let everybody know whenever... Whenever their wing costs go up or whenever their costs go up, they post a sign explaining this is why we have to increase our prices because this went up, every, the stuff that goes into this meal, this is what all increased. And that's why we have to charge more. That's, this is wild to me. But this is what's happening. And this man's not doing a single thing to, to deal with it, not doing a single thing about it. Instead, what do they do? They played around with this damn baby formula shortage, and then they decided to just create this stupid bill. It was all about giving the FDA more money. The FDA caused this damn problem. They're giving the FDA more money, and that's not going to do anything except make it look like, oh, Republicans are voting against baby formula. And that's literally what they're running with already. Meanwhile, Biden is supposed to head to Asia. He's going to South Korea on a six-day trip leaving today, going to South Korea and Japan to try to build some kind of, I guess, improve friendships between the leaders of South Korea and Japan 
and sending a message to China. I'm sure this isn't going to go well. We're going to talk about this more here. And we have uh, some other stuff on the way. We also, next hour, get, uh, Devin Nunez is going to join us. Because, you know, the Durham report, the Sussman trial, I'm curious as to what he, because that's the Clinton attorney, is Michael Sussman. And he was the one who was playing around and trying to manipulate the FBI in that Mueller probe. Oh, I can't wait to talk to Nunez about this. So, as you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. DanaLash.com. And find my newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse. I sent a piece out last night because I got to tell you, I'm really tired of so many of these soft on the second Republicans that are out there. And I really reject the people who say, oh, well, and I've had people say this to me, you got to stop demanding on purity. Okay, full stop, sit down. A natural right, this is not about purity. This is some basic stuff that a basic Republican should be able to get behind. You're talking about a natural right, no different than you than your right to free speech or worship or peacefully assemble. Talking about your Second Amendment right, is it's a natural right. And I'm really tired of seeing this rash of soft on the second Republicans. There's a guy in, in uh, McKinney. He's running for State House District 61 in a runoff race against his primary opponent, Paul Chabot. Frederick Fraser, he is the latest anti-Second Amendment Republican running for office after Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania and Eric Greitens in Missouri. He's the latest in this line of hybrid Republicans really soft on the Second Amendment. He opposes, vociferously opposes, pretty much every form of carry. He opposes open carry. He opposes constitutional carry. He opposes, I mean, pretty much everything. And he also, he joined with hot-tempered, far-left, anti-gun, former Sheriff Art Acevedo. Fraser believes that police have the right to just approach any person and start questioning them based on the legal-to-own, legal-to-purchase, you know, natural, uh, 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 inanimate object that they're carrying. He had said before, quote, a person walking around with a gun that we are not able to come into contact with and not able to vet the process of why he's carrying that gun puts us in a position of not being able to do our job. Well, first off, that's uh, ridiculous. Texas police are still stopping prohibited possessors with no problems. KXAN had reported that uh, they were able to to get, uh, I mean, a ton of different people. I mean, it gets into numbers. They're able to get people. Absolutely. 
to sit here and be like, we're not able to vet the process of why he's carrying that gun. It's not his damn business why people would be carrying a firearm. It is not his business. And this is a guy also who voted for higher taxes. I got all the receipts. Oh, screen. he's lying about uh, getting an AQ rating with one of the gun organizations that I worked with a few years ago. Because on the website, they just have him as a question mark. He's lying about having this AQ rating. He sent out misleading mailers claiming this. He also pushed to keep non-essential residents home and businesses closed during coronavirus, except for golf courses. He's voted repeatedly to raise taxes. How is Frederick Fraser the type of Republican that conservatives should should support? And why are why is any Republican supporting this? He's up in a runoff against Paul Chabot. Stick with us. Another hour on the way. More in store. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. If you think the board was mischaracterized, then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening here? Look, I mean, the the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. It's It's all. It's it's just going. It's. It's going to pause. There's been a mischaracterizations from outside, uh, outside forces, and so now what we're going to do is going to we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. Well, there's no assessment to be done. I mean, reportedly the assessment was they were embarrassed by her cringe videos and then the crazy stuff that she. I mean, the fact that it was wildly unconstitutional. I guess begin to settle in. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here with you, and. I, I'm just, it is kind of, it's just weird. It's just funny that, well, distance, so you're saying, because they, that they're, that's what their excuse was. Their excuse was that disinformation, the disinformation board was shut down because of disinformation. That was the, okay, the very thing. So they're not good at it? They're not good at shutting down the disinformation. They never actually say what disinformation is either. I can't wait. I think it's funny, and I'm glad that they're. I'm glad that it's going to be. Well, it's paused. It needs to be shut down. This it's not over yet. It is not over yet. Now that was just these press conferences have not been good for Karine Jean Pierre. Not at all. And I really am waiting for the moment when she loses her cool with Peter Ducey. Audio sound by 10. He was asking, Corinne Jean-Pierre, okay, so where's, you know, where, you're, where are people supposed to get money for increased gas prices? Listen. 
taxes. Americans are now spending $5,000 a year on gasoline. That's almost double what they did a year ago. Where are people supposed to go to get all that extra cash? To get the extra cash to pay for gas? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been very clear about is to do everything in our power uh, to make sure uh, that we lower costs. Uh, you know, it is important. We see it. The president understands what the American people is, are, is going through. Uh, but you guys just also said that you don't pay attention to what happens with Wall Street. So what is it? They don't really pay attention just to what's happening with Wall Street. They're not. I mean, you. I would just talked last hour about how gas stations are reprogramming their pumps to add another digit. No joke. No joke. That's not a joke story. It's real. They're, they. You have what is it? The seventy six stations. They. They went on record about it. Now, meanwhile, I need to bring this up. The Roe v. Wade ruling, because that's expected like June, July. And of course, that's when it's going to be expected because I'm going to I'm going to try to actually go on vacation for the first time in three years. So that's going to be a trip, I'm sure. So this May 13 memo from the Department of Homeland Security says that there there are ongoing investigations into these threats to burn down or storm the Supreme Court building, etc. And they're they're watching them. They said that there was this, you know, in, in response to the, well, anticipation of this ruling. Now, you've already had these conservative justices that have tar- that have pro- uh, protesters targeting their homes. And the Senate just passed a bill at this uh they passed a bill on protection for Supreme Court justices so that to make sure that their families are also protected. I mean, it's it, and at least that's unanimous. At least that's, you know, kind of some some bipartisan movement there for something. But these so you have Merrick Garland who came out and I thought this was kind of goofy. Boy, he's talking tough. He comes out. And he's saying that we can't have these, uh, we can't have these kind of threats. We can't, he was going on this rant about uh, these, these protests that were taking place. People targeting the justices' homes. Saying that, well, we can't, this is unacceptable and we're not going to have this and et cetera, et cetera. That's all well and good. I mean, you can run your mouth all you want to. He said it was inappropriate. It was, it was dangerous to our democracy. Uh, he says that we cannot allow violence or unlawful threats of violence to permeate our national life. And they were supposed to have like a... Me- Why did it take him a week to do this? Actually, it's been over a week. I mean, clearly he had to have seen the television coverage of the protests going on at these justices' houses. Clearly. So what is he going to do about it? Is he going to enforce the law? Because it is a violation of a federal statute to protest outside of a judge's home with the intent to influence their decision. Because that itself, yes, you have free speech, but you also have due process. They're trying to circumvent due process. There was this, that internal DHS report said, oh yes, there's, looks like there's going to be violence if this is overturned. I haven't actually seen 
any I mean I wouldn't doubt it because that's kind of the the modus operandi of the left and then Axios came out with a story well we're sure that the threats are from both sides shut up no they're not they really aren't but what is he going to do about it why did it take over a week for Garland to address this and like I said clearly he had to see TV and had to see these people right you know protesting outside of the uh, not writing yet protesting outside of these justices homes I mean, he's been sent letters from governors and other lawmakers. So I'm not surprised that I, the only thing that surprises me about the story is that the DHS was watching this instead of parents at school board meetings. Well, you know, it's because, I mean, summer's coming up and a lot of schools are there's I mean, the school in our area is already uh, they're already up for summer. Uh, some of the other schools are going to be out in the next like week or two. So, yeah, that makes sense. So they need something, I guess, you know. I'm just surprised that there was that they even had a report on this because normally they don't say anything or do anything about it. Just like they it was mostly peaceful when Antifa and BLM were were, were rioting and burning down entire neighborhoods. <laughs> so the memo said that the rhetoric that supports violent extremism does not itself constitute it. And they said the mirror advocacy. I don't believe that, you know, I don't believe that words are violence. I don't. But. These things never stay peaceful. Whether it was Weather Underground, whether it was the bombing of the Senate Heart Building in the 70s by Democrats, whether it was, you know, early in the, whether it was, you know, Occupy Wall Street, um, Black Bloc, Antifa, BLM, it never, ever, it always devolves into something. I mean, you had a Molotov cocktail that was thrown in the window of a Wisconsin pro-life group's office just earlier this month. So, yeah, that's we'll see. We'll see how we'll I mean, that's just it's like I said, it's expected to come down any time, I think, around like, you know, June, July. I'm hoping earlier and not later, although maybe not the last week of June. That would be great. Now, a few other things, because we have Devin Nunez is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour scheduled to. Since Elon Musk has went to go and purchase in the process of purchasing Twitter now, they're targeting him. And he tweeted this. He said, you're going to see these attacks increase. And yeah, of course you are. They're going to target him in every way possible. So they're, they already have the alphabet of uh, all the alphabet agencies investigating his purchase. And now you have uh, ES, you, you have a, this, these banks lining up. Pull this up. Because they're 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 going after Musk and and Tesla, and how it is listed on the S and P five hundred. So Tesla got kicked out of the S and P five hundred's ESG index, which is weird. And then he railed against it. He shared a meme saying that which it, it's true. It is outrageous and it's stupid. The fact that this would happen in the first place. He said ESG is a scam. They removed it from their index. They said that they, it's a regular rebalancing of companies that prioritize sustainability. But they didn't actually discuss any of these changes until yesterday. The lady who's the head of uh, S&P's North American ESG, uh, Margaret Dorn, she said that Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon, Alphabet are the highest ranked companies, et cetera, et cetera. They had ExxonMobil is still on the list. ExxonMobil was actually in the index's top 10. Now, look, I love oil and gas. 
but this is like a greenie thing that the left produced for greenie crap, right? And so they actually put Tesla at the bottom, 25%, saying that it was ineligible for inclusion. Wow. This is so crazy. And this move is, I mean, it's, it is ridiculous, and it's been slammed. ARK Invest founder and noted Tesla fan Kathy Wood, she slammed it. She said that it's ridiculous and not worthy of any other response. Which is true. They're, this is punishing him. They're gonna, you're going to see a whole bunch of moves like this taken against him. And, they, and Musk tweeted, Exxon is rated top 10 best in the world for environment, social governance, ESG by S&P 500. While Tesla didn't make the list, ESG is a scam. Now, remember the day before he said he had voted Democrat pretty much all his life. And he was going to vote Republican now. And then he said he expected a dirty tricks campaign. He says that ESG was weaponized by phony social justice warriors. He's not wrong. It's all a scam. This is all payback because he decided to step out of line. That's what all of this is about. Pretty amazing. And there's going to be more of it. And these people want to control more institutions. Wild. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S. US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so first and foremost, the U.S. confirms that they have reopened their embassy in Kiev. And this was after, remember, we had the whole story. They had closed everything. It was dangerous. It was, you know, it was getting bombed. They had no idea what was going to happen. It was all crazy. But they said that it's been three months They've, they've, uh, after three months with Ukrainians on the front line there, and um, they have the Stars and Stripes hoisted above the embassy, and that was all done yesterday. So it was reopened yesterday, which is, that's, I mean, that's, that's really great that that finally, I mean, it finally happened. I don't, I kind of wonder, should they have even left in the first place? I'm just wondering. Uh, Also, let's see, uh, a couple of things. The, I said the air, I mentioned this the other day. Uh, that they were planning to, but they did successfully test a hypersonic weapon in the Air Force. Uh, They had, it was a B-52H Strato Fortress bomber. It just sounds awesome. I don't even know what it is, but it sounds amazing. Uh, Also, the law that was signed, DeSantis signed a law in Florida to make it illegal to protest and target someone's home. Florida Bill uh, 1571 signed into law this week. 
So under the law, law enforcement, they can issue a warning to protesters to disperse. And if they don't, officers can arrest them. The law goes into effect on October 1st. They said sending unruly mobs to private residences is inappropriate. He said it's going to provide protection to people living in residential communities. He says that he's glad to sign it into law. I'm I'm torn on this a little bit. I got to say, it's weird because I didn't think I would be, but I am now that I, I and I, I, you know, I trust DeSantis's logic. I think he's, you know, he's made some good sense, but I always get real weird when it comes to anything with speech at all whatsoever. It's just, I just get real weird with it. And I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. A, hun- a 1,700-foot-long drug smuggling tunnel from Mexico to California was found. And it's actually... I was looking at this. This is, like, really sophisticated. They have the steel beam support structures on the side and up top. I mean, they've done a lot with this. Uh, the tunnel began at a home in Tijuana, and it went across the border to a warehouse in, in Mesa. So that's pretty... 1,700... And 44 feet long, 61 feet deep, 4 feet in diameter. It has reinforced walls, a rail system, electricity, ventilation, all of this stuff. The uh, head of NATO hails that Finland and Sweden's applications to join NATO are a historic moment. I'm not quite sure I have a lot of faith in the leader of NATO because I feel like they're dragging us closer to a war, but that's a whole other subject. Hulu cancels the Hillary show into development for two years, and I love this so much. Hulu passed on her show. It had been developed. It had been in development, and it was called Rodham. It was based on her novel of the same name, it, and it was just weird. This is a weird thing, uh, but Hulu passed on it again. So not only did you have Netflix dump Ibram X Kendi, but now Hulu is passing on Hillary Rodham Clinton. Eric Clapton tests positive for coronavirus is fine, just canceled some shows. And all these people are, are like cackling over it because he's been against forced vaccinations, right? People are cruel. So scheduled with us next is Devin Nunez. Stick with us. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Well, I fully understand Americans' concerns that they don't want government involved in policing speech. And good news, this initiative wasn't involved in policing speech and neither was I. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it is important that our government get involved when we have real threats to our national security. So it's not just uh, things like election interference, which we've seen and which DHS has combated also, but uh, threats at the border, disinformation that is driving Mm -hmm. people to migrate here. Disinformation. That's Nina Jankowitz, who is the now departed chair, czar, 
of the Ministry of Truth or the longer named Disinformation Board that has now been paused this week, as we've learned. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Always good to be with you. Now, usually because, you know, I'm a huge Call of Duty fan, so and I have already beaten Cold War three different times on all three levels, all three settings. So I thought there was no more appropriate bumper track to play than the intro, the official theme of Call of Duty Cold War, because my guest right now, Devin Nunez, I think this is one of the most dramatic stories that has taken place in all of politics in my era, modern era, in you know our generation. And from the get-go, going all the way back from after the election, it was like you know December 2016. And I remember being on air and I was watching Twitter and all of this was happening live. Like Devin Nunez was walking these documents in, you know, to the IG and he had noticed that there were some very concerning press reports that he had said he wrote on uh, December 12th. He wrote to DNI James Clapper that, you know, some of these some of these press reports may contain unauthorized disclosures. And all of this came down to Devin Nunez uncovering the plot that kicked off this whole, quote unquote, disinformation era. And he was doing this while serving in Congress, representing California's 21st Congressional District. He is now the CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group, and he joins us on the phone now. Uh, uh, congressman or former congressman it's, it's good to it's good to have you um, thank you for being with us and I want to say thank you for doing what you did during that period because there was everything the media every the culture everything was against you acting on you know your your you had a hunch and you were right and I think who knows what would have happened had you not acted first thanks for joining us well Dana it's great to be on with you again and and I really view, and I think you, you hit it the nail right on the head, and that is that we are in a very dangerous era that I believe you are right, that actually probably started before me a little bit, probably started in late 2015, early 2016. And it started with people within the DOJ and FBI working with an opposition party, the Clinton campaign, you know, the DNC primarily, and the media, to think that it was okay to go out and set up the, their opposition, the Republican Party, the presidential candidate, Donald Trump at the time. That's where this all started. And then I kind of come into play. It's funny that you bring up, people like to forget about that December 12th letter. I'm, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. Oh, no, uh, I was it, fascinated by this because I thought I, we're watching something historical. And I really felt that it was not getting the attention that it really was due because it, I've never seen anything like it. And we were on air talking about this letter and we were like, oh, my gosh, Devin Noon, he just he just uncovered something. And I yeah. it was huge. I think that's historic. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so let me. Yes. Yeah, so, so just kind of fast forward all the way to today. Where are we? We've got you know, mm-hmm. all these social media companies fully controlled by the left. We've got now, an, you know, I think probably the worst thing that's happened, but I think it's all related is what happened with mm-hmm. the Supreme Court recently with the leak of, of the decision on, on the Roe v. Wade de- decision, uh, potentially overturning it to people protesting in front of the, in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes. Like, that's where we've come, right? It started with mm-hmm. dirty people, the Obama administration, the Clinton campaign, thinking it's okay to use the intelligence apparatuses to attack their political opponents. That's stuff that happens in third world countries, by the way, in dictatorships. And it, it, it ends with 
justices being harassed at their home. Like, they've destroyed every single institution. So, yes. and, it's, and look, it's the reason why I left Congress because of what these, our, our inability for this, this country to communicate, basic communications, because they've shut down and they control the Internet. But, yeah. but let me just quickly go back to that, that December 12th date, yeah. and probably, this, you'll probably be interested in it. So this is December of 2016. You have to remember that I had been very, I was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee at the time. I had spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe, a lot of time on the, Rus- the Russian issue, the, the Putin issue. And I had actually, early in 2016, I finally, it was, which was very unusual for me, I kind of raised a red flag and said, you know, for lack of a better term here, what the hell are you guys doing with Putin? Mm-hmm. Like the guy, like we're spending billions of dollars and Putin's just, he's having his way with us in Syria and in North Africa. We've got the Benghazi screw up. We, you know, he goes into Crimea, like kind of stating the obvious that one should ask, like, you guys are a joke. Like, are you guys afraid of Putin? I mean, that's basically what I said at the time. Now, during all that time, that's, that's in the spring of 16. And in fact, you'll, you'll love this. I actually said that publicly on CNN, of all places. When yes, I, I, remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so, so, then you, so then we get to the end of the, you know, we get to election. Donald Trump wins. We get our normal briefing on, on election uh, interference that, you know, you, people used to not know that we, you know, what types of briefings that we had. Because, you know, we are the Intelligence Committee. We are handling yeah. classified information. It's probably a good idea that we don't tell people what we're talking about, right? Yeah, a little so bit. That, brief, that briefing occurs, um, you know, 10 days, uh, you know, two weeks after the, the election, Donald Trump wins. And there's nothing. It's all normal. You know, everybody's in there. Everybody tells us, hey, here's what happened. Yeah, Putin's a thug. We know what he did. He's always playing games. But it was, it was almost nothing that he did, right? It was just the norm um, that, 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 that he always does. Hmm. And so, it- and by the way, Dana, that was the real intelligence. That's yeah. what really happened, right? So you can imagine home for Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, it comes out that they go to the Senate and they, they say, Russia, Trump, Russia, Trump. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, what in the hell is this? Like, if you either one, you guys just lied to me and lied to Congress, right? Because you just gave us all this information or, you know, and or you know, clearly this is some type of leak. And that's what led to that December 12th, you know, uh, letter that I sent. And of course, all hell breaks loose a, a month later when they finally give us the steel dossier uh, acting like yes. that's, that's some intelligence product. It, it, it is quite a story, but thank you for, you know, kind of bringing that up. And I think all of this is related, what we're dealing with right now. Exactly. Like, like this, because this, and yeah. we're talking with Devin Nunez, because this disinformation board, and that's why I, I played that audio of Nina Jankowitz, I mean, all of this, for people who, who may not know all of, of, of Nunez's history, I mean, he was the one, he fought the stonewalling by the FBI, uh, by the DOJ. He was the one who, who found out that the Obama administration was unmasking all of these people, um, going after people like Michael Flynn, going after people like Carter Page. You had to go to court with the, with the, uh, the dossier folks. And then that's when it was all discovered that it was Hillary Clinton and the DNC, because these trials are all going on right now. Michael Sussman, the Clinton lawyer, um, this is, I mean, they discovered that Clinton lied. She got fined, discovered that she lied about paying for the dossier. Uh, uh, Sussman and Perkins Coie and all these people now, because of this Durham investigation, all spawning from your discovery, 
we're starting to finally get a little bit of the justice that I think that 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 people have been waiting for oh, five years, six years now to see. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and I think what you're seeing right now, Durham essentially is going to court with, you know, both hands tied behind his, his back and probably blindfolded uh, because he's in D.C. Ninety five percent of the people did not vote for Donald Trump. He clearly already has jurors that are a problem. But, you know, I give him credit. Right. He's bringing something very narrow uh, with Sussman about lying to the FBI. But in the process of all of this, he's essentially able to bring to the forefront uh, all the, you know, kind of the conspiracy. Well, not kind of the conspiracy that occurred here because everybody knew about this. Right. So and, and your listeners know this also. But but let's not play games here. Uh, Obama knew. Clinton knew. Mm-hmm. Biden knew. The DOJ, dirty cops at DOJ and FBI knew. And I think probably worst of all this is, is that the media knew, Dana. The media was totally complicit in this. And, you know, and I think it's a really telling sign. And that's why kind of going back to what we talked about, this really is the disinformation era. And at the forefront of this are the 95 percent of the fake news companies that continue to put this fake news out. There ought to be at least 20, 30, 40 prominent journalists and probably another hundred editors and, and, and others who should be fired, who should have been fired years oh, ago. Yeah. But, well, they were but they were the ones we who know, were on the payroll for uh, Fusion GPS. I, well, at least a couple of them, we, we found out their names. But I know a lot of that information was redacted. They were they were the ones who were writing stories based on all that those leaks. Well, and now we know because of Durham and because of the emails that have surfaced. So a lot of this work you know, was done. Lee Smith, who wrote the book, The Plot Against the President, who was probably mm-hmm. the definitive work piece on, uh, on that kind of that era when we uncovered all of this, you know, he was able to build just by looking at social media, the Clinton and DNC's press releases, and what the media was, was writing. You know, he basically uncovered this with circumstantial evidence. Well, now the, the direct evidence, the emails have now surfaced. And some of those were talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. where it was clear these guys were all in on it. And so um, I, I hope that Durham is going to be, I hope that the jury and our fellow Americans do the right thing in, in Washington, D.C. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Durham, you know, he's in a tough, he's in a tough spot, but I give him credit. Um, and I think that's, I think if, and I said this last night uh, on Sean, Sean Hannity's show, if Durham didn't have to bring this in, in D.C., if this would have been, this case against Sussman, the Clinton lawyer, was brought in any other state, Sussman would have already pled guilty and copped a plea. Mm. I guarantee. Wow. Because I think that was Durham's main goal here was to, you know, he knows the conspiracy took place. He knows these guys were all in on it. We all know. But Sussman is essentially rolling the dice that he's going to get a contaminated jury. uh, Because, look, if he pleads guilty, he would have to essentially say, yeah, all these guys were in on it. Right. I mean, they're trying to basically say, like, oh, he just did this all on his own which we know is a bunch of, of nonsense. Yeah, we know that's not true. Else, but I know you're a family-friendly uh, uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might we might get in trouble. We got a, a few hundred affiliates across the country. <laughs> we might get in a little trouble. Talking to Devin Nunez, who's also the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group. Of course, they do True Social. Uh, and, and I wanted to ask you as well, you know, in, in with all of this that we're seeing with the with the, the Durham, with the, the legal proceedings in this Durham case and this disinformation board, uh, I've never seen anything like this. How we're really in a fight right now for 
free speech. It feels like America is in this, you know, uh, this uh, it's a new revolution, right? It's like this revolution, Mm -hmm. this 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 sort of civil war of ideas and ideologies. But I really feel like we're on the cusp of losing a, a lot as it pertains to expression, just being able to ask questions. I saw what you went through. I saw the, the legal absolute hell that they put you through, and it, was, it shocked me. I've, I, I really, I think, took assessment, and I, your case and everything that you did made me trust my, distrust my government so much, I can't even put it into words. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts. You were right in the middle of the storm. How bad is it, and are we ever going to get back to a sense of normalcy and a, at least a little bit of faith in the institutions that we as taxpayers support? Well, one, I think this is largely Durham is kind of a man standing by himself. Only, you know, he's the guy that, that has, is the only guy with power right now because he's got the special counsel statute, and, you know, it's ultimately going to come down to these jurors. Now, Mm. Depending on how, this didn't one of the not to interrupt you, but didn't law. one of the jurors get into like one of these jurors for these cases were like their child was on the same rowing team as like there, there was like a lot of conflict of interest with some of these jurors. Yeah, correct. Well, that, that's that's like just one of, that just broke in the last like couple hours. But oh, let's you know forget that. Let's talk about we can go on and on here. You've got the the judge whose wife was a lawyer for Lisa Page, one of the lovebirds, one of the dirty cops at DOJ and FBI. I mean, oh, you've so got nice. you. Yeah, so you've got then you've got multiple jurors that, that Durham clearly didn't want because they were supporters of of AOC and the Clinton campaign. So there's a lot of shenanigans going on here. This judge should not have taken this case. I mean, my guess is that that Durham had to bring it in D.C. because of where people mm. people lived. I'm assuming he had to do that. Um, but you know, th- th- this information board. I, you know, I think are things going to get better? You know, uh, right now, you know, I don't think so. I don't think we should be doing a victory lap right now. Because oh, definitely this, not. Because of this disinformation board, look, it only got put on pause. If I know these guys like I like, I think I know them. I've dealt with them for two decades. All they did was they made a major mistake by they got a hardcore leftist to do the job. They didn't do their homework because she was a disinformation specialist herself, right? She specialized. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk yeah. about Russian disinfo? She was not only did she go along with the Russia hoax. She also went along with the cover-up of the Hunter Biden laptop from Hell Story. So yep. I think they were taking on so much damage and so much water. The left in this country, they only, what my experience with them, they've gotten more and more radicalized. Until they get extreme, extreme pain, do they make a change? And my guess is somebody in some of the fake news bureaus probably yeah. came to say, look, the disinformation specialist czar it's going to get a lot worse for her because I'm sure there was a lot more dirt out there on her that was going to continue to come forward. So she was going to be the gift that keeps on giving for Republicans. But, but look, now you see they already went back and said, Oh, we're just going to reprogram this. We're going to redo it. We're going to have a, we're going to look at it. So this is not gone for good. Um, it's just a temporary pause because they had to, they were bleeding too much politically. Yeah. We still got to keep, we got to keep pushing against it. Uh, I'd love to have you back to talk more. Devin Nunez, now the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group behind Truth Social as well. And I hope they need to make a movie of your life. And if they don't, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna write the screenplay for it myself because this is too wild. I mean, this is like, I mean, it really is some uh, kind of like Jack Reacher vein stuff. It really is. Devin Nunez, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir.
Hey, Dana. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Of course. Take care. Project Veritas founder and CEO James O'Keefe joins me to discuss the new FBI whistleblower exposing the government's targeting of journalists it considers political opponents. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, O'Keefe also describes the horrifying FBI raid he endured. And I'll share my very personal thoughts on the truly disturbing abortion protests I witnessed this week. Don't miss it. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. A Florida woman throws a rubber snake at deputies after a high-speed chase. Martin County Sheriff's deputies had their hands full yesterday morning. It began with a high-speed chase that ended in a multiple vehicle crash with injuries. And then the driver got out of a vehicle and threw a rubber snake at deputies. Sheriff William Snyder said it began with a routine traffic stop. Motorcycle deputy tried to pull over a pickup. Another driver... Uh, hit the gas when the other driver hit the gas the deputy said that he chased the truck for five miles during the chase the driver rammed another truck causing it to flip injuring three people inside they're expected to be okay but then she came out of the vehicle said snyder and instead of surrendering she threw what looked like a real snake at our deputy the snake was rubber she threw it just moments after the deputy because he had gone to put his hand on his gun he goes if she had thrown that snake when the gun was out we may have been talking about an officer involved shooting snyder said she's facing a lot of charges including aggravated battery on the law enforcement officer stick with us third hour on the way you you take this heinous platform and you make the republicans own it i want to say it again make the republicans own it every republican politician every republican candidate ask them about it make it because they can they, they can't run from it because it's it's part of who they are at this point as disgusting as that is but make it the republican replacement theory mainstream it because it this is the way you have to scare we, we don't have the economy on our side as democrats so you have to scare the bejesus out of people the way to scare it is say you know this replacement theory this is not just coming from some dark corner of the web this is the republican platform make them own it and democrats run from this fist fight i know in the previous segment eugene daniels you talked about the president and not wanting to call out names, call out Tucker Carlson, call out the politicians and make this, make them own it. This is a Republican platform. It's the racist Republican replacement theory. So that's uh, Democrat Donnie Deutsch, a walking fecal storm of nut jobbery. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dana Lash. It's good to be with you. You're a lovable curmudgeon. So do you see, did you hear what they just said? He's like, well, you know, we don't have anything in the economy going on our side. So let's go with the replacement theory and just use that against republicans and that's what we'll do they're telling you what their what their plans are they have nothing to offer in terms of anything about easing inflation gas prices or anything else so they're going to sit here and mush together the anti-semitic replacement theory with uh that with with lawful immigration it's insane that's what they're going to do meanwhile i have three things for you here and these all just happened within the past uh hour so first as this story from npr 14 state populations were significantly miscounted in 2020 according to the census bureau it is a revelation that comes after the numbers were already used to divvy up house seats for the next decade This is huge because when you read the piece, maybe with the exception of, mm, 
like two states, maybe. These were all severely overcounted with red. Or sorry, with with blue. Democrat states were overcounted. Red states, Republican states were undercounted. The net overcount, the most significant ones in eight states, Delaware, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, and Utah. And that was the whole point of the, I mean, that's the whole point. Huh, interesting. Now, the Bureau officials emphasize the follow-up surveys estimates. They're like, oh, they're delayed because of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is an absolute scandal. And now, goodness, I wonder how many seats this is going to cost GOP. I wonder how many seats. I wonder why the census was screwed with. All of the undercounted populations were in red states. Almost all. All of the overcounts were in blue. I mean, that's wild. Just wild to me. I'm going to link the story in the newsletter that I send out. Because with these seats, with the way that this is, um, I mean, this is, they already have, they already have like a number of, re, of, of uh, maps redrawn. And they, they say that it's not going to change each state's share of representation in the House or Electoral College, but I'm not quite sure how. That's still, this is a major, this is a scandal. So I'm going to, and this is just coming out. Now, one other thing that I'm going to share with you. Uh, you had the Senate that has voted 86 to 11 in favor of sending 40 billion of our dollars to Ukraine. 11 Republicans voted no. Hawley, Marshall, Crapo, Braun, Paul, Blackburn, Haggerty, Loomis, Boozman, Tuberville, and Lee. Ted Cruz voted yes. And remember, a lot of this money, we were telling you about where some of this money was going. Some of it was going to, um, uh, what is it, uh, ancillary uh, operations, I think is how it was described. I'm looking at my notes on this because this also just came up. The breakdown of this, of this package, $40 billion taxpayer dollars. You had uh, $500 million for the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. Or sorry, $5 million. Uh, this is 40 billion. No, that was 500 million. 40. This is a $40 billion bill, 500 million for European bank for reconstruction and development, 400 million for international narcotics control, 350 million for state departments, migration and refugee assistance, 190 million for the state department for diplomatic programs, 150 million. I asked Blackburn about this yesterday for the global agriculture and food security program. Uh, 67 million for the Justice Department, 54 million for CDC, because they want to carry out public health and disease detection related to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. 
$2 million for salaries and expenses. Oh, goodness. $10 million for the State Department's Capital Investment Fund. This is all supposed to be part of the Ukraine bill. Just so you know. Seems like they were giving themselves a lot of money, wasn't it? Aren't they? They spent more money on the Global Agriculture for food and Food Security Program for their diplomatic programs, uh, for the CDC and all of that, than they did for U.S. troop pay. That only got $15 million. In fact, $15 million for U.S. troop pay, that's the lowest number on here. Oh, I, I take that back. Uh, that's just $5 million more than what the State Department saved for their capital investment fund. And so all of the Republicans that voted for this, and I'm shocked that Ted Cruz was one of them. I'm not quite sure why, but because he's, you know, pretty liable, pretty reliable conservative. I'm not quite sure why he voted for that, but he's, but there were a lot who did not. And I'm glad that they didn't. Now, additionally, because there's a number of things that came out. You have, pull this up. Twitter safety put this out, quote, people turn to Twitter during crisis times to share news, find support and stay connected. Today, we're launching a crisis misinformation policy. So Twitter doesn't recommend or amplify viral false content that can further harm already vulnerable groups. And it's their new crisis information policy. And they keep saying things like, oh, you mean like, like uh, war in Ukraine. They don't have people that have the expertise to determine what is or is not information as it relates to, I don't know, uh, Russia's lame attempt to try to reform the Eastern Bloc. They don't have, I'm sorry, I don't buy that they got experts over Twitter and they deserve to get dragged online for this. This never, like Rolling Stone put out that, it, that, that, that the Buffalo murderer was a mainstream Republican when he wrote that he hated them and said he literally was a communist. But okay. So this is, they're going to get their damn ministry of truth some way or another, guys. They're determined. They are going to get their ministry of truth one way or the other. They're just, they're going to call it something different. So you can't, you know, so you can't say, you can't say it's ministry of truth. Something different now. But it's still ministry of truth. Like I said, they will do whatever they can. The thing about this, I mean, I, I don't even know who they have on staff to determine what is or is not, because it's a leftist echo chamber. They don't have any conservatives that work at Twitter. The last conservative that I knew that worked at Twitter left and went to work for a different uh, entity, and they were in one of the, the accounts there, handled government stuff. So... Hmm. And I love how they say it. they just unequivocally call it truth. But see, the thing is, is that what, how, they, how they define truth is based upon their political bias. That's that's what that's how they define what is or is not truth. Whatever's in their political bias, if it matches their poli- if it matches their politics, then that's that's what it is. Then that can be considered truth. It's safe for you guys. There's a lot, I know, there's a lot happening. 
So you've had the Ukraine bill, Senate passes. Some Republicans disappointed. You have Twitter trying now they're going to create the Ministry of Truth. You have this story from the Census Bureau saying that they overcounted in blue states and undercounted in in, uh, red. This is wild. Just wild. Now, Biden is reportedly heading to, well, he's headed to South South Korea today, and he's going to be meeting with leaders there. And then he's expected to go to Japan and meet with their leaders, like the show of unity in, in the face of China. And while he's doing this, they're saying that Biden is going to stop working with Republicans and go on the attack after they... It says after they ref, uh, after they can't reach deals, Jill and Saki told him to end working relationship with the GOP. When did he ever have a working relationship with the GOP? It begs the question that he had one to begin with. When did he ever have one? He keeps saying ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA. When did he ever have a working relationship with Republicans? He's only ever been hostile. Saying that they're dangerous, all kinds of stuff. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right. Sorry, just doing double duty with sales here. Okay, so a um, few things. The We were talking a little bit about how, you know, education and some of the, a lot of schools are now like ending for summer break. There's one Nevada school where a mother was speaking and she was reading aloud an assignment uh, that... Uh, was reportedly given to her 15-year-old daughter and video footage, I can't even play it because it's so bad. Uh, they It's Clark County School District in Nevada, the nation's fifth largest public school. They forced her 15-year-old to memorize and recite what she says is pornographic material and when the mother began reading the assignment, the school board cut the mother's microphone because they said the language was obscene. Um, I can't even say the words that they were using on air because I would get fined. So if I would get fined for saying this on air and the mom can't even read this in the school board meeting because it's obscene, why is her 15-year-old daughter being forced to memorize it and read it in front of her classmates? That's the big that's the big thing, right? You th- why are they why are they doing that? Uh, moving on, which I really this is infuriating. Uh, let's see here. So the there's this got a couple of things here and this is an old headline you'll have to forgive me here so the whole uh this situation ap interrogation uncertainty because maripol after 63 days of fighting fell to russian forces uh 1000 last ditch ukrainian fighters they held out inside of maripol's pulverized steel plant they surrendered and now there's fresh concerns because what's going to happen to what is going to happen? Ukraine wants to to swap Russian POWs for those fighters that were captured in the steel mill. But whether or not it, it takes place, um, they were registered as POWs, those Ukrainian troops. Uh, but whether or not that it takes place, that's something that's not yet been hammered out. Uh, the a grand jury indicted the man, of course they did. Uh, the uh, grown man, even he's 18 years old, the Buffalo supermarket murderer. And the DA said it's a first-degree murder indictment. It covers all 10 murders. It was handed up. 13 people were shot at the Topps Friendly Market. And 
the victim's family members they were there and they some of them were calling him a coward while they were in the courtroom they were they were heckling him while he was in the courtroom still no word on where that 18 year old's parents are and, and because he lived at home and how were they not able to realize what was happening just uh it's pretty un pretty unbelievable uh oklahoma also approved a they have a new abortion law uh, their state legislature gave final final approval Thursday to another. It's similar to what Texas has, uh, and they said that it's it's uh, it was sponsored by a Republican, Wendy Steerman. It's going to uh, unless it's been it's unless it's the result of result of rape or incest uh, that will be they're not going to be able to use it as uh, birth control, essentially. So that's that's according to the AP. That's what they had passed. All right. Uh, quick break. We have a lot more to get into because we got some a couple breaking things that are happening right now as it relates to that uh, Ukraine funding bill, uh, as well as Twitter now once is establishing their own little ministry of truth and this absolutely scandalous census story that is now out undercounting in red states. Stick with us. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays noon to three p.m. Eastern time. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Oh, Iraq. Oh. Anyway, uh, oh, that was bad. Oh, it was tough. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I don't dislike W as a person. He, se- he's, I, he seems like a... You know, like a funny, funny guy. And I've heard him speak off the cuff before and he can laugh at himself. That was a really, that was a really bad stumble on that, on that thing. I didn't like a lot of, there's some policies of Bush's I did not like. And I did not endear myself to a lot of people in the GOP because I did not like some of it. I like the No Child Left Behind. I thought really, honestly, I kind of think it helped usher it in CRT. Or at least the prevalence of CRT, because it laid this groundwork for this uniformity controlled in D.C. And I had a real problem with not having local control of education in schools. And I looked at this as a perspective at the time of a homeschooling parent of little bitty tinies. And so I, you know, I just I had some issues that last that uh, last term. So. That he was speaking, actually, he was in Dallas at his library. That was actually funny. He laughed about it afterwards. But it are it and he knew it was going to go viral. It went out there and it went it went viral. And I was thinking about some of this as it relates to some of these you know Republicans and the Republican Party. I think Democrats absolute. I think Democrats don't exist anymore. I don't believe that Democrats exist anymore. And I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. But I had made mention earlier that I have a real problem with some of these these new Republicans that are coming out. And I wrote this piece, and it was I, I, it's, it's centered around one guy who is running for a uh, state house seat, District 61, in my state of Texas. And it doesn't matter if it's a state house seat in Texas. You need to watch what's happening in your state. Because I started looking at a number of other Republicans running, and, I was, and, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to write a piece secondary to this. Because it feels like when, when Republicans are doing really well, when they're on with messaging, when you can really see, when the populace can really see a difference between what Democrats get you and what Republicans or people who are liberty minded, you know, un- you know, people, most people who vote for not everybody votes for Republicans are Republicans. I don't consider myself like a registered Republican Party person. 
I vote for the person who's going to get who's going to leave me alone the most. And that tends to be a Republican. So I typically vote Republican. I don't I get real weird about having to pledge allegiance or uh, fealty to parties because I get real weird about joining stuff. And I've noticed after I wrote, wrote this piece about Frederick Fraser that's up on my Substack, I was looking around at a number of these other state races. And there are a lot of some of these soft Republicans, more so than I've ever seen. And what gets me is they all go out and they're like, yeah, we're a MAGA. We're MAGA Republicans. MAGA, 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 MAGA. And I think in a time when Republicans, like I said, are doing well, and people can see clearly a difference between what liberty gets you and what it doesn't get you. That's like that's the time when a lot of these fakers come out and they think that, oh, well, there's, you know, the, the, the pendulum is swinging towards Republicans. So this is the time for me to run. All I got to do is just say that I'm MAGA and that's going to do it. And that's not necessarily the case. And I see it in a number of these state races, too. Some of these races that really the only people that are really that you can hold responsible for paying attention to this are the people who live in that district in that state. And so, for instance, like this Frederick Fraser guy, I don't know anything about him. He might be a nice person. I don't know. I, I, when you're a politician, I just look at who you are as a politician. I'm, maybe he's real nice and he loves puppies and pets, kittens. I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy. All I know is his record. And as someone who has, has listened for the past 15 years to Democrats telling me they're coming to take my guns and calling me a gun whore and saying that I'm for the mass murder of everybody just because I simply believe in the Second Amendment, I get a little sensitive to stuff like this. I'm not a bouncer for conservatism. I'm not a bouncer for the Republican Party. I'm not a bouncer for individual liberty. But I sure as hell am going to point out when someone doesn't line up with a constitutional natural right. And that's what this is. I always hate it when people try to deflect from pointing out a candidate's record by saying, well, you want purity. This has nothing to do with purity. If you're running as a Republican and you can't even get on board with basic natural constitutional rights on a bridge, that's a problem. And I don't know why you have an R after your name. So this guy, like I said, this is one of my one of my favorite sayings is it's not show friends, it's show business. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same way we got to approach it when you're voting and when you're when you're measuring and evaluating politicians. So this guy, and I don't know Paul Chabot either. Um, I think he's been on the show once over one issue. I have never met the guy. I have never corresponded with him privately, ever. So I don't have a dog in this race. Uh, All I know is that Fraser, he's running in House District 61 in a runoff against Paul Chabot, and they're both Republicans. And Fraser opposes every form of carry. He doesn't like open carry because he says, quote, there's no training They're sealing shooters. And he said there's zero training and zero background check. He called people who open carry sealing shooters. And I'm like, well, first off, what do you mean there's no background check? When you purchase a gun, there's a background check. And furthermore, there's no statistics that support the argument that open carry in states actually corresponds with an increase in crime. I have poured, I did two books on this. I've talked to criminal researchers. I have poured over crime reports state by state because sometimes dgu is reported differently depending on what the requirements are he also said and this is a thing i really oppose he said that uh he goes he goes for example it's legal for someone to carry a gun on a crowded city street but it may not be the smartest or most common sense choice it could incite fear most of texas carries every day in the crowded street but most people don't know it because most gun owners choose to carry concealed it is a right it's not a privilege that's determined by some soft on rights politician 
You know, we were promised that if Texas had open carry, constitutional carry, if we with that Texas was going to turn in the OK Corral. But you know what? That never happened. Just like with the 25 states in the union that have passed constitutional carry that implemented it or the other states that have open carry. None of that ever happened. And by the way, if you want the receipts on that, the hard data, I provided it helpfully for you in the link on my newsletter on Substack chapter and verse where I keep all of my receipts. He's gaslighting about ceiling shooters. Law-abiding gun owners are not the problem. Repeat offenders and restorative justice together is the real problem. Now, he also said this. He did a presser with hot-tempered uh, anti-gun guy Art Acevedo who told me he was watching me, which that was the whole thing. Uh, Fraser said, a person walking around with a gun that we're not able to come in contact with and vet the process of why he's carrying a gun, that puts us in a position of not being able to do our job. I provided for you a link to show you that Texas police are still stopping prohibited possessors and doing just that without violating their constitutional rights. And it should be noted that Pennsylvania's Supreme Court already determined that it's unconstitutional for police to just simply just because you have a firearm that does not give someone the right to just a law enforcement, the right to stop you and make you prove that you are legally able to carry a firearm. Uh, I am not into that. That is not something to be able to you have a legal to own object. And if you can't determine whether or not someone looks like a threat, if they're holding it threateningly and they're not and they're just carrying, then that's a problem. And maybe you should seek a different profession. I That's and the constitutional carry law, by the way, I should note in Texas created stiffer penalties for prohibited persons. No, police cannot stop and question you over absolutely nothing. And he's sending out these very misleading mailers. He says that he has, and I now full disclosure, I do not work with the NRA. I worked with him a few years ago. Um, he says he's got an AQ rating. That means you get an A on the questionnaire, and that's what is used in absence of a voting record on guns. Except they list him as a question mark. He doesn't even have any rating with them. And he's sending out these mailers saying that he has an AQ rating, which he doesn't. And I've asked this campaign to clarify their claim, and they absolutely refuse to respond to me. We don't need like a Dr. Oz in Texas, okay? We don't need anything like that. Some of the endorsements that he's got, I question it. I don't know why Trump endorsed this guy. Again, I've said the weakest spot that Trump has are the personnel, the, the people that he has with him who are telling him who to endorse. I think that's, I, that's where I think his weak spot is. He can't be everywhere all the time. Now, this other guy... Another quick th- thing on this, too. So I was digging around in his records and I went and I looked at his votes for city council. I looked at his registered complaints against um, like campus carry and concealed care or con- constitutional carry, all this stuff. Um, he apparently also repeatedly supported raising taxes in his town where he served on city council. He opposed the Taxpayer Transparency Act of 2019 to help curb our soaring property taxes. And, I, and these are all linked with receipts, literal, actual, the registration of the vote and the support in case you had questions. Uh, he also pushed to keep non-essential residents home and businesses closed during the coronavirus panic and lockdown, except for golf courses, those he supported opening. How many Texans lost and people elsewhere around the country lost their livelihoods because of these draconian lockdown measures like the ones that Frederick Fraser voted for and publicly supported? Now, this is what's funny. So back in March... There was a call that came in that someone was impersonating a code 
compliance officer and demanding that the local Walmart pull Paul Chabot signs <laughs> that they had out. And apparently it, it, it was the way that the reports read. It was Frederick Fraser that was accused of this. He was accused. I don't know there. I think they're still investigating it. I don't know. But I just think the whole story is funny. Because this sounds like something that's that you would see like on Kids in the Hall or something. They said that Fraser was accused of vandalizing Chabot signs and the Department of Public Safety confirmed to uh, one of the NBC affiliates here, WFAA, that they did investigate the District 61 candidate because he apparently had told Walmart, uh, this is what the reports were, that he was a code compliance officer and they needed to pull... Um, uh, they needed to pull the Chabot signs, which it wasn't in violation of, of any kind of code. Now, the conservative Texas scorecard calls it sign gate. It's very funny. Uh, after the failures of Eric Greetens in Missouri, and I have that listed, he did not support the uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act in Missouri. He used verbatim Bloomberg's mom demand, mom's demand language to say that um, it makes it more dangerous for police. And it's basically uh, a 10th Amendment affirmation of Missourians' gun rights. He also made the capital a gun-free zone when he was inaugurated as governor, and he wouldn't support constitutional carry and a whole bunch of other stuff. After his failures and after the whole Dr. Oz gun control in Pennsylvania, three has made a crowd for me of this, you know, soft on the second Republicans with the addition of Fraser. So I don't know what's happening with the GOP. I don't know what's happening with some of these people. And, you know, for for everything that's going on with Democrats, Democrats, you know, their party, they're all they're socialists. They're far left. This is not the time when we have momentum of message on our side. And it I know it feels tough, but people are waking up all over. And this is not the time to start watering down our messaging with this and just because someone's a cop or someone was you know served in the military that does not mean that they're conservative it does not mean that they have your rights like i've always said i'm all for backing the blue i back the blue on constitutional issues i do not back the blue when they act as agents of state and seek to undermine my rights and nor should you be gaslit into any kind of emotional appeal like that either so we sit here and we talk a lot about democrats But Republicans, you need to be gatekeepers in your own area, conservatives, for some of these people coming up. Do not trust people to tell you who to vote for. Honestly. And look, I've known Trump for over a decade. He's always been kind. And I I love uh, so much of what he's done. But I think his weakest spot are some of these people that he's got around him telling him who to endorse. That is an industry just like anything else. People get money off of that. You need to know it. It's a whole cottage industry. There are entire firms that are built and they get money and they get paid based off of this, securing endorsements. So know this. Trust your gut and look at their record. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Love the cult. Such a great track. Sign up for that newsletter because I'll send out that uh, census story that NPR uh, had published. That was the uh, story where, where they did this. They reevaluated how they were counting in a number of these different states. And they found out in a ton of these red states, they actually undercounted 
of course, conveniently. And then in a number of blue states, they overcounted. Now, whether or not that actually changes, um, you know, the makeup of, of, you know, their elected officials. I mean, this, and keep it, this was after the election. This was not before the election. So this did not factor into the election, just to, you know, put it plainly. But, I mean, there are a number of districts that are already drawn based on their, what they counted. So how does this work? This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I'll, send, I'll include all of that uh, out for you. And so you'll be able to go through that because it's great. It's just it's it's pretty wild. Now, the Pennsylvania GOP Senate races, they're doing a recount. They because it, it was really close. And that's all I have. I don't have anything else on that. It's going to be wild. Uh, but hopefully I don't know why that takes some areas, why it took so long for a couple of counties to get things in. It just seems like how many times we do elections, you know, every year. You need to make sure that we're able to actually turn out and count votes in a timely fashion. Seems like that's kind of important. Yeah, let me tell you. So tomorrow's Friday, and we'll have, uh, let's see, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. I'll just, I'll send out the newsletter. I'm running short on time now. Today in stupidity, Steve, what do we have? All right, yesterday was a uh, hearing on abortion rights, and there was a very, very lefty pro choice person testifying i don't know who she was but uh she had, she had a hot take on this one so. um what do you say a woman is i believe that everyone can identify for themselves why does she talk like a baby um do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions yes um i believe that everybody should be able to um like decide for themselves what it is that's that's a, like the voice of someone who's testifying. That's insane. Sounds like a baby on it. All right, folks, sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. Have a great night back with you tomorrow.